In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. There's something to be said about how we carry ourselves and how we deal with ourselves in society. And, and there is a tension at the moment. There's a very clear tension. Um, age of social media, and I say this, having cameras pointed straight at me, so nice to see you out there. But there is this constant integration, interaction with people beyond ourselves. Trying to be more visible, more available, trying to be um, more approachable and reachable. But how does that then tie in with the concept of being modest? How does it tie in with the concept of being a person who is introspective and assessing oneself? I suppose the difference is what makes up our core and how we see ourselves. What it is that defines us. The problem we have now is not that we have social media platforms. It's not that we use the internet. It's not that we can communicate with people thousands of miles away. The problem is not that we have followers and likes and shares. The problem is that those things now tend to define us. So people are defined by how many likes they have, how many followers they have, how much reach they have. And people are defined by what sort of platforms they appear on. But surely that takes away from who we really are. Because we often take so much time and spend so much effort dealing with people who are on virtual platforms that we forget people here. And, and this is why, for instance, this ministry, as much as you know, it's great to have people on social platforms, great to have people joining us on the web, whether it's so they can watch right now live or watch this later on, we never lose focus on the people who are actually here. We never lose focus on the people who are in our vicinity. Because it is these relationships that are core to how we see ourselves. If we just define ourselves by distant virtual relationships, we find that it becomes very hollow over time and very fragile. And so what I want to speak to you about is, is this balance of integrating and interacting but at the same time maintaining an element of modesty, an element of humility. There's a, a passage from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. It says, All those who heard this, the prophecy of our Lord, marveled those things which the Lord had told, which were told to the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Our hearts must be a place that still have a space for keeping who we are and pondering thoughts. 
I must, I must say, one of the biggest challenges I have interacting on Twitter, for instance, is if you hear something or feel something or see something, the first thing is you want to send something out. You want to share something. And I've gotten myself into a very clear discipline of actually no. If it's something that important, I'll draft it and then leave it in my outbox. Think about it, read it again, and if it's really important, think about it, read it again, three or four times, and then send it. Because we don't tend to spend a lot of time pondering things in our hearts. We say what we think we should at the time, and of course, what we should at the time doesn't always into, uh, translate into what we should have said. Because 30 seconds later, once you've hit that button, once it's gone, you think, ah, should have held off. Really shouldn't have said that. Should have kept that one to myself. But then it's too late. So, the interaction that we have that has now become so instantaneous is becoming dangerous because we don't ponder things in our hearts. Now, there is an element, and that is that if I'm dealing with someone face-to-face, -face, and I'm speaking one of two, to one of you here, I will probably assess what I'm saying more carefully before I say it, because I need to deal with the fallout. If I say something to offend you, I am right there in front of you. I need to deal with the fact that I offended you. Whether you're going to be hurt and upset, or you're going to be angry and retaliate, there is a response to what I've said. Whereas if it's on social media, I can quite comfortably rant, abuse, be angry, be rude, I don't need to deal with the result. So I can feel something, push it out immediately, and not care what happens. And that's why if we had to be careful and ponder things in our hearts before, we have to do it a thousand times more now. Because we don't deal with effects or reactions. We don't deal with a human face of disappointment or hurt. I'm sure we've all been guilty of saying something that is hurtful just because it's over a communication platform. And, you know, would I really have said that face to face? Probably not. And that's the case, and I shouldn't say it. We sometimes hide behind it. You know, sometimes we do it inadvertently, but we sometimes intentionally hide behind it. A number of times I've met people and I've said, let's talk. No, I can't talk, I'd rather write. And, and they will write. But they will write sometimes quite offensive things. Now, that can be good and bad. That can be because they can suddenly verbalize, as in put in words, but then write them. Or they can express because they're usually inhibited. But it also means sometimes people just don't want to be careful, don't want to be accountable. But there is a lot to be said for what defines us not being what's out there, 
but what is in my heart. And so the processing in my heart is important. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Your word, O God, I have hidden in my heart. I have hidden it in my heart. Because you know what? If God's word is hidden in our hearts, then any word that is processed in that same heart is going to be in line with God's word. I can't be hiding God's word in my heart and then be able to say vile, insulting, abusive things. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work to have God's word in my heart and then words that are ungodly coming out of my heart. And that's why the verse goes on to say that I may not sin against you. Because Lord, if your, if your word is in my heart, then how can I do something that is sinful? If my heart is the source of what I do, then how can I do things that are painful or sinful? And so if we go back to what defines us, it's not about what I put out on social media and how I make myself visible. It's about what the source of that is. You know, Lord is very careful that out of the treasure of our hearts we speak. So whatever I do, however I communicate, through whichever platform, whether it's live, face-to-face, or it's through a virtual platform, it's going to come from the same place. Because it's not going to be as dependent on who is there as it is on the source. Because the source is always going to be loving and gracious and forgiving and kind and humble. The source is always going to be God-filled, God-focused, God-driven. And so my every word is going to be centered, have that aroma of God's presence. You know, it's... uh, at, at, at the centre, you know, we have a chapel in the main building. And it's interesting that um, once you've had a liturgy, everything smells of incense. Even people. The people have been in the incense, people have been in the liturgy because it's a small chapel, lots of incense, you come out and you smell incense. So if I'm in the presence of God's word, everything I do, everything I say, everything I am, is going to be centred with that godly presence. And it will be focused on how God wants me to live. So the image I portray is not going to be different, conflicting with the way I live and what's in my heart. So Mark the Ascetic writes, through mindfulness of God, You will always reflect on what is true, modest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, whatever is holy and deserving of praise. So, when I'm mindful of God, when my heart is full of God, when my my mind, when my intention, when my life is filled with Him, what am I going to reflect on? These things. It's the the 
truth, the modesty, the justice, the purity, the love, all of those things, if that is on my mind, and that is what fills my heart, that is what dictates my actions and my words, then surely that is what is going to also underline my identity. And so whatever I say, whatever I do, is going to be in that context, in that way. I was speaking to someone on the way, and uh, talking about sins and how do I avoid this sin or that sin. And my word to this, to this person is very much what I may have said to some of you at times. Quite often we try to deal with the sin itself rather than the cause of sin. So, yeah, I swear. I don't swear. Just in case that gets me into trouble. On social media. Yeah. One swears. Uh, and you know, I try as hard as I can, and I try not to swear, and I fight against myself, but maybe that, you know, it's, as I said, you know, if you put a match to fuel, it will ignite. So the problem is not with the swearing, the problem is what causes the swearing. Is it volatility? Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it disappointment? Is it selfishness? What is it? It's what is any of those things, a combination of all of them, or some of them? And so we go back and figure out what it is that is causing what we want to avoid. If I want to avoid the superficial, egotistical, um, outside-focused identity, then what is it that makes that happen? Is it the fact that I am lacking the godliness within? And because I'm lacking the godliness within, I'm not focusing on these wonderful things like truth and modesty and justice and purity and love? Is it because I've forgotten who I'm here? And I deal with an image? You know, social platforms keep changing. And now, Instagram is the thing. Now the problem is, someone's going to listen to this talk in five years' time and say, it's so old-fashioned, Instagram was so 2018. Now they're on some ridiculous virtual reality hologram thing that turns up. But we've gone, we've moved from posts, actually we've moved from words, to letters, to emails, to posts, to tweets, to pictures. Right? We don't even want to express words anymore. We've gone from a, a, a letter to 280 characters to a picture. And even if you have a picture, you turn it into a meme. Because you can only fit five words at the bottom of the picture. Which usually don't make any sense whatsoever. Unless you're in on the joke. But that's just the way we now present ourselves. And we're not able to communicate who we are. We want to communicate and express ourselves as an image. And we've had this conversation before, where everyone posts their holiday pictures. And so what we want is people to look at us and think, wow, you have such an incredible life. You're such extraordinary people. You do such wonderful things. Well, that's not how I look when I dress and go to work in the morning. 
That's not what I do on a day-to-day basis, but it's the image I want to portray. And we spend so much time on this concept of external image that we don't focus on the heart. We don't focus on hiding and keeping those things in our hearts. Keeping them in our hearts, nurturing them in our hearts. Our heart becomes this little pressure cooker. You know, or you put something and it just cooks very slowly. And it's just beautiful. <coughs> we want you know, a 30 second bang in the microwave and something to come out. And you can't really hide very much for 30 seconds. But that's how it takes us from heart to mind, and sometimes we totally bypass the mind, from heart to shoot it out. And that's why it becomes potentially harmful to those receiving it, but also really totally misrepresenting myself or who I really should be. So what should my focus be? Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, there are things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I must also say that Quite often, when we share things, we look for what we want to share and how we want to share it. There are lots of people there who do not share things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, or of good report. Neither virtuous nor praiseworthy. We don't bother sharing that stuff. We used to blame the tabloids for that. You know, if you don't share that stuff, if you don't write articles about things that are exactly the opposite to all of that, you don't sell newspapers. Do we need to sell newspapers on our social platforms? How many times do we share things that are true, noble, just, pure, loving, of good report, or praiseworthy? Things that are uplifting, and empowering, things that are encouraging, things that are godly, and things that lead us to Him and to live with and through Him. Yet we will show to other things. We will present ourselves in different ways, but we'll also share things that are not edifying in the slightest. In actual fact, they are, de- they are destructive <clears throat> to myself and to anyone who receives it. And that comes from the fact that we don't reflect and contemplate and nurture these godly things in our hearts all the time. <clears throat> you know, that comes from a very important culture very, very prevalent in in our tradition because of the monastic tradition we have, and that is in reflection and contemplation. In a time of just sitting and learning, 
being Mary at the feet of Christ, learning and absorbing, giving ourselves time. How many times have you and I read the scriptures and thought, got nothing out of it, that's over? Is it really possible that so many people get things out that I just didn't? <clears throat> or do I just not give myself enough time to, to, to absorb, to let it cook, to let it stew, to let it influence, <clears throat> to, to break out that flavor of what it is that these words bring to us. We want everything in shots. We want something that's quick and sharp, which is great for a top-up. But the quick and the sharp cannot be the core. It can't be the foundation. It can't be what keeps me going on a daily basis. Let me show one more thing with you before we finish. First epistle of St. Peter, chapter 4. Oh, sorry, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. It says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, putting on the fine apparel. Rather, let it be in the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to have. We need to have that hidden place in our hearts. That place of retreat. The place where I can formulate things. It's my little lamp. Where I put together my concoctions and I sort things out. And before I explode them into the world, that they're worked on and refined. And then that brings out the real beauty. That hidden person of the heart comes out and focuses on the incorruptible beauty. Because it's not an earthly beauty, it's not a mortal beauty, it's a godly, spiritual beauty. And that is precisely why it is precious in the sight of God. So where we started? What do we do with these social platforms and social ways of interacting? Do them. They're very good. They're valuable. They engage people. But make sure that whatever we share, whatever we give, emanates from the place of that hidden beauty, is steeped in the incorruptible beauty of the gentle and quiet spirit, and that is quite genuinely effectively and life-changing, precious in the sight of our Lord. And glory be to God.